0: what's up pixels thank you so much for joining us today this is john
1: and i'm aubrey
0: and this is episode 10 of the fate of pixels podcast
1: how are we doing this week john
0: good doing good playing uh catch up on some work after doing a little trip to indiana to visit some family
1: nice nice
0: yeah how are you doing you just moved right
1: yes So I just put up my new setup, and I'm still kind of getting used to my new place, Mm -hmm. but it's exciting. And also there's dogs. I miss dogs. Except for when I'm recording, then I don't miss them. But every other time.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Have you had any issues recording for Twitch yet or anything?
1: I have yet to try because... I had to, I had some issues with my internet, which was fun.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: Yeah. So I, it took me a little bit and I still have yet to stream, but I think I might stream later tonight or tomorrow, which by the time you're listening to this, this will be in the past. So hopefully you already watched me, but I did find out that my mom is 10 times cooler than I am. And by that, I mean, she has a fidget spinner.
0: Oh, (laughs) it's so weird. I have not seen a whole lot of fidget spinners in my area. Yeah. I think mostly because we consist of young adults and young families, and all the families have like two year olds. But when I was in Indiana, I saw so many fidget spinners. Like everything I've seen and heard about fidget spinners were all like on YouTube. So I was like, oh, it's a YouTube fad. And then I went to, some touristy spot in indiana and i was like oh my gosh they're everywhere
1: yeah apparently my mom got it for free like it i think i'm starting to get to the point where i'm still halfway into internet memes like Mm -hmm. one foot in one foot out Mm -hmm. so i know about kafafi or kafete no one knows how to pronounce that word so i know about that Mm -hmm. but I feel like I learned about fidget spinners maybe like a week ago and now yeah. suddenly my mom gets one for free, which a meme culture that probably means that this fad is like on its way out. Okay, but and I didn't think I would like it. Yeah, but here I am. I've been playing with it for the past 20 minutes.
0: that's so weird
1: while we've been setting up which is so strange yeah I just yeah it's like there's like a weird like centrifugal force thing that goes on when you're when you tilt it I don't know I didn't think I would enjoy it at all and here I am wow absolutely obsessed with this probably going to continue to mess around with it for the entire podcast but that's fine that's cool
0: all right (laughs) awesome awesome cool so let's Talk about upcoming releases. I'm not going to be going on specific days. This is just going to be what's coming out overall this week.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: For music, there's going to be a new album by All Time Low coming out. For those who used to listen to them early or uh, mid-2000s. Yeah. (laughs) Coming out with an album called Last Young Renegade.
1: Wow. So wow! So this, I feel like this is interesting because a lot of ink, like mid Ingot's punk artists are kind of reaching a Renaissance. So it's yeah. cool to see new stuff from them.
0: Especially, yeah, Blink One Eighty Two came out with theirs last year.
1: Fall Out Boy has been really pro- prolific yeah. these past couple of years. Crazy. Paramore, I mean, Paramore has been pretty consistent with their last two albums. But, anyways,
0: yeah. Then Tops is coming out with an album called Sugar at the Gate. I don't know if you've heard of Tops. I have not. Neither have I. I always have to have <laughs> one unknown artist. Then Dan Arbach coming out with an album called Waiting on a Song. Wow. Do you know who that is? I don't. He is one part of two in the band The Black Keys.
1: Oh, wow. Yep. Okay, wow. Okay, I did not make that connection at all. <laughs>
0: I actually did not either when I first saw his last album come out. So I was at a restaurant really close by to my place and Mm -hmm. they have a TV that like runs music and I think it's Google music and they have a playlist and the album comp, the album Show is placed on the TV while the song's playing, and you see his face, and I saw the name, and I was like, that guy looks really familiar. Where have I seen him? And then I think later that week I went to the local record store to peruse some albums to purchase. And I saw that album and I was like, oh, who is this? And then I saw in the lower corner that he was part of the band The Black Keys. And I was like, oh. That makes so much sense.
1: Oh.
0: So yeah
2: that's
1: really interesting yeah i'm really bad with knowing the names of the people who are in bands yeah (laughs) outside of a select few so it's always i always like learning those people's names and who they are individually as well as their music
0: yeah totally now for games we have sphere slice coming out for the wii u
1: again why
0: always (laughs) why Blaster Master Zero is coming out for the Switch and the 3DS.
1: Nice. Sounds like it could be good for five minutes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No. I I feel bad
1: because I just judge them very hard. Maybe it's a wonderful game.
0: I'm more so surprised that they have it released for both the Switch and the 3DS as opposed to just one.
1: Yeah, pick a lane.
0: I, I don't know if you want the... I don't know if they're just trying to go for the 3D effect or what. yeah. But anyways, lastly coming out is, on the PS4 and the Xbox One, Tekken 7.
1: Oh, yeah. I know. Everyone's super hyped for that.
0: I know. I totally forgot, so I apologize.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to all those Tekken fans out there know, who've been right. waiting for months and months.
0: I know, right? It's crazy. And then, lastly, we have movies coming out this week, too. One's very prominent. The other one's very prominent for those who are super young and have a young heart like myself. Mm -hmm. I'm very excited for this movie. We have Wonder Woman coming out this week. Yes. Clearly. Clearly. (laughs) Which is not what I was referring to, the young at heart. The other one that's coming out this week is Captain Underpants, the first epic movie.
1: (gasps) Captain Underpants, oh my gosh. (laughs) I used to read that on the bus. I know, right? I've seen artwork around for it, but I didn't realize it was coming out so soon.
0: I'm very interested in the artwork. Yeah. It's so cool. Don't, guys,
1: don't worry. We're talking about Wonder Woman the rest of the episode. Yes. But man.
0: We should have done a dedicated episode of Captain Underpants.
1: I mean, I I feel like I'd have to relearn everything because I think the last time I even looked upon a Captain Underpants book was probably in 99, Mm. So, I we need a little bit of a refresh.
0: Mm, yeah. Well, maybe later if they do a sequel or something. I'm sure they will. Right. Cool. Um what's uh what's going on this week in gaming history?
1: Well, a beloved classic was actually released in 1995 on June 6th, Earthbound was released in North America. Oh, yes. So, that had a very interesting marketing campaign, as a lot of people mm-hmm. either remember or just know from research.
2: Mm-hmm. They
1: had this scratch and sniff sticker set, and it was marketed saying that this game stinks. So it actually <laughs> did very poorly initially in North America, oh, and yeah. then it kind of became a cult classic. <laughs>
0: I wonder why. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you market it, this was the first installment for the US. Okay. Mother didn't come out. Uh, to North America. hmm So when the first thing you hear is that this game stinks and you just see, like, a bunch of random children,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you don't really... There's not enough context, I think, to see yeah. what this means. But <laughs> because there was this weird marketing campaign in this scratch-and-sniff sticker book, if you get both the game and an unmarked book... Mm-hmm. I mean, those things run for hundreds of dollars now.
0: Really? Wow. And
1: there's a huge cult following. And then there's, you know, people still waiting for some sort of official North American Mother 3 release. Still am. Yeah. (laughs) We're still waiting, Nintendo. Put it on the Switch already. (laughs) So that was interesting. But as I was researching for this episode, I found another game that was released in June of 95. Ooh. That is somewhat related to this episode. What is it? It's called Justice League Task Force.
0: Hmm. Interesting. And
1: do you know who the publisher is? No. Blizzard. Really? Yes. Wow. It was released between the original World of Warcraft. (laughs) I can't say that title. It was released between the original World of Warcraft and the second one. And Glixel calls it Blizzard's only bad game.
2: Because really? apparently it was horrible. Wow. Yeah.
1: It it was basically uh so imagine like Street Fighter Two mm-hmm. or Mortal Kombat
2: mm-hmm.
1: and just imagine it being terrible. And then instead of it being something <laughs> like an IP that nobody cares about, it's you know, all the Justice League characters yeah. that people love and adore. And then also imagine Superman with a mullet.
0: Nope not even going to nope. do that nope. that's that's it's that's so uh, weird that's not right
1: i mean that alone should make it a terrible game
0: <laughs> <It's> if, <laughs> if,
1: superman with the mullet. but apparently there was there was just a lot of glitches there okay. were bad balance issues with the fighters. so not with the with the different fighters so not only was it just a weird looking game and the art just looked really bad.
2: Mm -hmm. But it
1: didn't play well either. So that is the one game that, you know, Blizzard does a lot of call-outs to their other games like the, um, in their Heroes of the Storm game Mm -hmm. and just across various other titles, you'll see a lot of Easter eggs based on their other titles. But Mm -hmm. this is the one title that doesn't appear anywhere else because they want to forget but there was one good thing that came out of this. So, the one good thing, Blizzard started talking to the people at Condor, which eventually they were a studio working on the Genesis version of this game.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And out of that led to the development of Diablo, which is oh. one of Blizzard's more fam- most famous IPs. Oh, so, yeah. it wasn't it wasn't all bad. No. <laughs> it was almost worth seeing Superman with a weird haircut and terrible questions. Meant...
0: <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: If it meant Diablo could be born into this world, which, okay, yeah. personally, I don't play Diablo. I'm sorry for people who love and cherish it. The only Blizzard game I play is Overwatch, so mm-hmm. maybe that will change one day, but that's yeah. currently where I'm at. I could not find the exact day, though. I searched... All of Google, and by all of Google, I mean the first three links that came up. Because
0: maybe that was the one thing that they <laughs> successfully like took away from history.
1: Was the exact date came out? Yeah, yeah. I I bet they were considering doing a whole E.T. Atari situation by just burying it in a pit somewhere.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> too soon. <laughs> too soon. <laughs> <laughs> <Just kidding>. <laughs> That's <laughs> awesome. You have provided some history tidbits about Wonder Woman.
1: Yes. So I actually, I mean, a lot of people remember maybe the 90s cartoons or various other Justice League animated iterations of her, but it was interesting to actually fully read up on her entire history. Yeah. Uh, The original comic debuted in the All-Star Comics in 1941. Mm-hmm. So she's the longest printed female superhero and one of the longest ones in general, only behind Superman and Batman,
2: mm. who came out
1: in 38 and 39, respectively. So, I mean, that is really cool that she's such a huge part of comic history in general. Yeah, And that's something I didn't really quite know about. Um, the creator of the comic was actually a Harvard psychologist named William Moulton Martson. And he was the inventor of a blood pressure test that basically was the foundation for the polygraph or lie detector test. Oh, wow. And they even have a call-out to that in one of the comics where Diana Prince, aka Wonder Woman, takes the polygraph test. (laughs) So, way to work that in, (laughs) (laughs) Martson. Way to like advertise your own tech there. Good on you. And, I mean, this guy was interesting because he was kind of a renaissance man he was a psychologist he was a scientist he did a lot of different things in in that era and he also was in a polygamous relationship which apparently his wife and somebody who was his foreign uh former college student were okay with so it's weird mm. that such a feminist icon yeah kind of came from this guy who was in a polygamous relationship. But the thing was, he wanted to see stronger women essentially in the comics because most of them were just damsels in distress or just side characters mm-hmm. in Superman and Batman's story. So he wanted to see a character that kind of embodied the kindness and compassion of Superman, but also, you know, could hold her own in a fight.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So that's how Wonder Woman came to be.
0: That's uh, that's really interesting, though. Um, I mean, he... It kind of shows as far as, like, that day and age where it's not necessarily about, like, your... person or, like... You, like, today, if Stanley were to, like, just randomly decide to write a new comic book hero, like, he'd probably get that comic book hero, like, pretty big because of his name. Yeah, right. But, like, back then, it was how... Unique and different and countercultural, I guess. I mean, it's yeah. always the counterculture that like really stands at the forefront because I mean, if it's different, it's going to get publicity, whether it's good or bad. And that's kind of where the content, if it's good or not, is going to actually let it hold its own, you know? You know what I mean?
1: Right. And I mean, back then, comics still very much were brand new. Oh
0: yeah. And oh, there yeah. was a
1: huge I mean there was like controversy as to whether or not it was good for shaping young minds and there were yeah. studies on how these children who were brought up during this wartime were kind of clinging to these superheroes for hope.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh
1: so not just the adults who were actually going out and fighting mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. also the children who were left alone and were scared. Uh it kind of became a new folk like a new folklore. For Mm. America, especially. Yeah. So it was interesting to see kind of how the early days of comics, like the politics of that, and kind of also what they meant as a symbol. Mm -hmm. And the interesting thing, too, is that, you know, Wonder Woman's origin story in the comics. So not only was her the actual. Characters origin story kind of controversial, but also in the comics, in the story, it was because she was there was controversy of how she was actually formed out of clay, so she didn't have a father, and then of mm. course, the costume, which was designed by a male artist, so there was controversy from women, men, conservatives, not so conservatives across the board, and this kind of made this character kind of flip flop a bunch of different ways throughout history. So in the fifties, she was kind of more, she actually became a model Mm -hmm. and she wrote for the lonely hearts column. She was a lonely hearts columnist. Hmm. And then, which during that time, you know, it was all about being a homemaker and being the perfect wife and the perfect mom. And then the move from cities into suburbs during a time of peace. But at the same time, In the 40s, it was interesting because she was one of the original members of the Justice Society of America, which was kind of the original Justice League a bit, but she was their secretary, and she talked a lot about her love interest, Steve Major, which was weird because in her first appearance, she didn't really have a love interest, and she kind of had more of her own agency, Mm -hmm. and then later that summer, she gets her own... Comic with Sensation Comics. And that was around the time of Rosie the Riveter, that movement sweeping the nation and all of these women working every day in place of their husbands. Yeah. So, like, right before she was kind of somebody who lost a bit of power in her character and then suddenly she gained a lot within a, a couple of months. Mm-hmm. And then you have the f- 50s and the 60s and she's kind of lost as a character. And then Gloria Steinem featured Wonder Woman on her first cover of the feminist publication, Miss. And then suddenly she was a feminist icon again. So it's really interesting seeing through history how Wonder Woman has kind of been on both sides of being both a very important cultural icon and then kind of also being very unimportant and kind of seeing that switch Mm -hmm. along the time. And then yeah. fast you know, fast forward to Wonder Woman 2017, which I'm super excited for. I don't know if you looked at the it, so this is this episode is being recorded before the movie came out., yep. so we just want to say that. Yep. but currently it has a 96 percent rating from the critics
2: oh, on 96. Rotten Tomatoes.:
1: Yeah, that oh, is wow. a really high number. yeah and I then it was 90- like 70 80s. Which, still good. Like, whenever I see something, critics saying 70 or 80, that's like, okay, that's probably going to get a really high score from users. But 96% is almost unheard of.
0: Like, that's classic movie worthy, almost. Yes.
1: Yes, it is very high. And then 99% of users currently want to see it. So, the average consumer hasn't been able to see it yet. Yeah. That's still very high. That's almost 100%. And then you compare that with the other three movies from the DC Extended Universe, which also this movie is the first one being directed by a woman, which is also another great feat. But the other three movies from this universe, Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, Suicide Squad, they all have critic scores of 55%, 28%, and 25% respectively. Yeah. So this is really cool to see that such a, a movie that people I think really have been wanting is actually going to be good.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Cause people love the DC universe and lately their movies just kind of aren't good.
0: <laughs> no. And it's been kind of a really weird situation as far as like most of the movies aside from Batman versus Superman, most of the movies always had like a really strong start as far as like you users as you were saying it really liked it at first but then retrospectively they're like yeah that wasn't a good movie right like man of steel that was the instance where it was like yeah this is like a really good movie because you know it's solid acting solid directing it's much better than the last superman movie that came out it's really good and then everyone looks back on and they're like well this happened Mm, i don't really care (laughs) for that happening this doesn't make sense what's going on with that and then, you right. know, Batman over Superman came out. We just don't talk about that.
1: I just, yeah, because I just never liked it because of the premise. Why are they fighting? They're supposed to be friends. Have they seen the 90s Justice League cartoon <laughs> well, where they hug?
0: Well, <laughs> a lot of the Batman versus Superman, like, if you haven't read the original, the comic books that it's kind of based off of, and if you're not really keen on the opening act like the first act of the movie then you're gonna be completely lost i'm more of in question of why they even stopped fighting and joined alliances at the end because well i know why they did it but it it's it's stupid um
1: (laughs) right no i i just think it i think it was a movie that should have order-wise should have come out later and should have been reworked because if you think about it, one of their first three movies from this new universe is about how two of their characters who are supposed to be allies are fighting.
2: Mm.
1: And it just, it seems to me just like something to get tickets. And well, of course, like compare that to Marvel, where of course they have like a thousand sequels and they even have Civil War, which I, I, I haven't seen many of the sequels, but it seems to make sense to have Civil War later because they've had all these other movies to flesh out all these characters, <coughs> except for Black Widow. When is that coming? Probably uh, never. But uh, we
0: we don't know yet. Um,
1: <laughs> we don't know.
0: Well, I mean, Batman versus Superman. Not to not to talk too much on it, but Batman vs Superman was more of a like a Bruce Wayne saw like all the stuff that was going on during Man of Steel, and you didn't really like. While you were watching Man of Steel, you didn't really see like the ground level, like the human, like humanity side, like watching it all happen, watching the buildings collapse, watching the big, like apocalyptic destruction of the city. <laughs> yeah. And so at the beginning of Batman vs. Superman, like Bruce Wayne was watching all that, and it's like he's. I don't want to say he sees like okay, I see what you're doing, Superman. But I mean, he was watching Superman. It's like you have a ton of powers, but I'm going to play devil's advocate and just be like, if anyone is this powerful, it is so easy for them to just change their mind and to continue destroying the city. Right. So that's kind of his reasoning to pursue Superman and be like the anti-hero, so to speak, of the movie because he's not mm-hmm. like the main bad guy of the movie, but. Right so I think that I mean that's I mean it is a sequel to Man of Steel it's not a Batman movie it's a sequel um but I definitely can understand where you're coming from as far as like having it later and having a lot more backstory and having it build up but right that's more I believe that's more the reason of why Superman Batman versus Superman was placed where it was but um yeah moving moving on to Suicide Squad I mean have you seen that movie
1: no (laughs)
0: I, I, I haven't not, I haven't either. I honestly don't have a strong desire to. The only reason why I would want to is just to watch all the Joker scenes. Right. Um, just because I'm curious of how Jared Leto does. I, I like Jared Leto not as an actor, but I like him more of a musician. But I'm always curious. I know he was an actor first. So I'm right. always just curious how he does.
1: I, I mean, I thought it would be interesting to see all of these characters stylized the way they are. Because mm, mm-hmm. I know that they have been in the past. But I've always like when I think of those characters, I just think of the traditional Joker wearing a purple suit and Harley Quinn wearing the jester yeah. costume. Yeah. So it it's the it 90s animated. Inter- yeah, exactly. That that is basically how I know the Justice League. That in Injustice, the game, the twenty thirteen game. Oh that yeah. That was really fun if you ever played that.
0: No, I, I have it. It's great.
1: And the sequel just came out, too. And I really... Apparently, there's a mobile version. I am interested to see if that's...
0: I downloaded it. But I also, at the same time, downloaded Exploding Kittens on my phone. So I'm busy <laughs> playing that game.
1: Uh, yeah, priorities.
0: I know. Exploding Cur- Kittens is <laughs> such a fun game. So anyways, Suicide Squad. Yeah. That That had a really crazy development history. And I'm... I hope when the sequel of that movie comes out if they end up pursuing it it's scheduled to come out and they're planning on it but you know anything could happen in the next couple of years yeah um i hope they learn their lesson with that
1: yeah and i mean the one thing that i've been thinking about i think early on before wonder woman was even this close to being released the one phrase i kept hearing was that The current Marvel Cinematic Universe is really good at making you care about superheroes that you don't even know about.
2: Mm. And
1: then the current DCEU currently is really good at making you not care about characters you really know about and care about up until Wonder Woman. That's like kind of the phrase Mm. or line of thinking Mm -hmm. that I keep hearing across the internet. And... I think it's somewhat true because watching the original Avengers movie, Captain America, Iron Man, I really loved all of the first installments of the main Avengers line, as well as I'm I still need to see Guardians of the Galaxy Two.
0: I just saw this last weekend.
1: Oh man. It's, I heard it's really good.
0: It's really good. You can't go into it thinking of it being a brand new Marvel movie. You're just right. developing the characters more. Right. And They're just kind of dwelling on what's already good, which is totally fine for a sequel. It's kind of like Mumford & Sons' second album. Mm. Like, it sounds the same. It's basically the same, but it's a little bit more, like, tightened up with nothing new.
1: Right. Because, I mean, since it's such a... I don't know why I compared
0: those two together.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's because it's Mumford & Sons and you're John Kirk. I mean,
0: yeah, why, why wouldn't you?
1: Yeah, I mean... I love the third album. The third album is so different. It's I good different. It.
0: It's amazing different. I'll swear yeah, by that album.
1: It's like. It's really nice to see such a unique change with them because if I think if they did a third album, like their first two albums are obviously great. And there was kind of just this interesting early 2010s line of songwriting that it really fit into. But I think if they kept going in that same way sonically and also thematically it Mm would have just gotten really stale yeah which is why their third album was so good but anyways moving back sorry no 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 that tangent was very needed if you ever want to do
0: an episode randomly on mumford and sons for no apparent reason i could probably fill like two hours easily on my own (laughs) i'm just gonna say that right now
1: (laughs) i think i would need to i would definitely need to pony up for that episode. do
0: my way too much history.
1: You know what I didn't do? I didn't listen to Lana Del Rey.
0: I haven't even listened to any of her stuff. I should do that.
1: Gosh, we've been talking. That's going to be a running theme. Like our 100th episode is going to be like, you know what? Lana Del Rey, her 17th album is out and we still haven't listened.
0: Well, I mean, you could always pick it up when you visit down here and go to Grimy's and listen that's to it true. on vinyl.
1: Uh, That will be awesome. So... We just wanted to say thank you because we reached over a hundred listens on our last episode. So from the butter, the butter,
0: <laughs> from the butter of my,
1: <laughs> from the butter <laughs> that's in our arteries because we eat unhealthily,
0: high cholesterol,
1: high cholesterol. We just wanted to say thank you for your support, and we appreciate you so much. And we're yeah, so much, and we're so glad to continue to make these episodes and do what we love and completely nerd out.
0: I love all of you guys. Yeah. Except, except you and that you in the corner. No, I'm just kidding. I like you in that <laughs> corner.
1: It's for you in that corner, Jimmy. Uh,
0: Hi, Jimmy. <laughs> thanks, Jimmy.
1: If, if you're a listener <laughs> named Jimmy, please sorry let us for, know. Sorry for calling you out. <laughs> sorry for calling you out. Um. So again, on. We, moving on. And we also want to announce that on the weekend of June 9th, we will be hosting our first live episode. Oh my
0: gosh. With
1: with some special special guests guests.
0: like Erin, who we always talk about.
1: Yes, she is a real person.
0: She's real, I promise.
1: As well as Joey Griffith. Joey will be joining us. More details are coming so please keep on the lookout on our Twitter and Facebook pages.
0: Yes, because we don't know yet.
1: Because details
0: details
2: are being
1: sorted out. But it will be the weekend of June 9th. There will be exact times, exact URLs. So keep on the lookout. Please. And also we wanted to say thanks for listening to our episodes. You can like our Facebook at facebook.com/slash team faded pixels and join the community. You can also follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash teamfaded pixels for updates, including when our live episode is.
0: Jimmy,
1: and please Jimmy, come. Jimmy, <laughs> please come.
0: I'm begging. <laughs> I'll give a I'll give you a hug through the computer.
1: Yes. A virtual hug. Thank you, Jimmy. Our download speeds though are atrocious. So hopefully that gets up. Anyways.
0: <laughs> sorry.
1: <laughs> We're sorry, Jimmy. If you have comments or suggestions, you can also email us at teamfadedpixels at gmail.com. And if you like the show, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash teamfadedpixels and get exclusive content. So we hope to see you guys on the weekend of June
0: 9th. Yeah.
1: All right. Bye, everyone.
0: Bye. Jimmy, please come.
1: Jimmy, Jimmy. you're the only one we care about. Everyone you're else. You're the guys. Yeah, who are you? <laughs>
0: All right. Bye. <laughs>